Okay. So we are doing now the Torah portion of Chai Sarah for Thursday. And we are in the middle of the story of a matrimony. The first marriage recounted in the Torah, the first wedding recounted in the Torah in this fashion is Rivka, Rebecca, to Yitzchak, to Isaac. Now, of course, they're not the first people that ever got married. <laughs> or, I mean, you know, the world's been around already quite a while. And it's not really the first couple we've ever heard of that are married in the Torah. Of course, we start with the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava. But there's something different about this marriage because the Torah puts a lot, a lot, a lot of ink to it. There's no one else that we hear about all these details of spending, this emissary, and all the details that led to this shidduch happening. And there's a very special spiritual reason for that. Because Rivka, Rebecca, and Isaac, Yitzchak, they don't just represent a personal marriage or even a, a very pivotal marriage in the creation of the Jewish nation. They really represent God's energies, the two basic energies of God in creation, what we call the energies of Ma and Ban, fusing together and creating offspring as their marriage created offspring. And that's really what our whole mission is about, what we're all about, what the giving of the Torah allowed all of us to do, and what will be completely revealed and climaxed by the times of Messiah, by Mashiach this complete fusion of these two energies of God, the male energy and the female energy, the Ma and the Ban, symbolized by Isaac and Rebecca. This very special marriage that we're reading about here. So we're in the middle of the story because the story has been, as I said, over many, many verses. Abraham sent his Shliach, his emissary, not a Shadchan, Shliach, an emissary. An emissary person is like the person himself. So like a representative, an embodiment of Abraham was Eliezer with his mission to find a wife for Isaac. And now he comes. He's going to the area of Abraham's family. See, from there he can find a wife. And he prays to God by the well. How is he supposed to know who the right girl is? Rakach sent him the girl and he says these signs. And lo and behold, as soon as he finishes praying, there comes Rebecca, and she fulfills all of the signs. He's so sure it's a girl, he first gives her presents before him asking what family she's from. Tasser Chain, she's actually from Abraham's family, which she is. And now, Rebecca, not knowing this man's mission, brings him to her house. To the house of her father, Besuel. To the house of her brother, Lovin. And they want to feed him, and he says, no, 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 I'm here on a mission. My mission is to find a wife, Isaac. So, like, if you want to give me your daughter, great, otherwise I've got to move on because I've got to do my mission. The last thing we know is Lovin, the wicked Lovin who jumps in before his also wicked father, Besuel, says, yes, of course, this is from God, and like, take her. And Eliezer was so grateful, he just bowed to God. And that's exactly what we're up to. So we're up to verse 53 in chapter 24. 
So the servant, now throughout this entire portion, it doesn't actually say his name. It always refers to him as the servant, the servant of Abraham, the servant. When they ask him who he is, he says, I'm Abraham's servant. Completely nullified, no self-identity. He's just an extension of Abraham. And the servant took out vessels of silver, vessels of gold, clothing. He gives them to Rebecca and these precious things, which we'll see in Rashi what they are, he gives to her brother and her mother. So Rashi says, what are these precious things? These are fruits from Israel. Now notice, he didn't give them to the father. The Rashi is going to comment on that in two verses. What about the father? And the next verse, and they ate, and they drank, him and the men with him. He comes with this whole entourage of men and animals and gifts and a document saying all of Abraham's possessions are now going to Isaac, so they should really want this very wealthy man. They ate, they drank, they slept, and they got up the next morning and says, okay, send me to my master. Like, that's it, mission accomplished. Let me get out of here. By Elinu, that word, and they slept, Rashi says, means sleeping one night, meaning... Eliezer was not looking to sit around in Haran. He wanted to get back home. In the next verse, and her brother and mother said, the girl should stay with us for days or ten, and afterwards she should go. The first, the mother and the brother, well, where was the father? What happened to Basuah? It says that he wanted to oppose this shidduch, this match, and Amalekh came and killed him. Um... Now, what did they mean, stay for days or ten? So, it doesn't really make sense, because ten sounds more than days, and you don't ask for a small amount, and if that's not good enough, let me ask for something bigger. So, what does days mean, and what does ten mean? So, Rashi says days means a year, as he brings a verse that proves it. Now, why a year? Why do they want to keep it for a whole year? Because that's what they would do. They would give the girl a year to, we would say, to create her trousseau to, you know, create all the accoutrements that needs to get married. A year or ten? What's ten? Well, a year, ten must be less than a year, so what's ten? So I says it's ten months. Now, obviously, it doesn't work anything else because it can't say, let's spend some days with us, and if not days, give me ten. Obviously, it has to be something less. So it's a year, which is twelve months, or ten, ten months. Now, they're willing to go down a bit from 12 months to 10 because remember, or in case you don't know, yesterday, Hayes portion, and the day before as well, Eliezer gave gifts. He gave Rebecca beautiful gifts, very expensive gifts. So they sort of made a calculation and said, well, you know, the amount that we expect this girl to earn and create in her trousseau, Two months of that were already taken care of by these gifts. So that's what we can compromise. And if you really don't want her to be here for a whole year, 10 months. For the next verse, and he said to them, don't delay me. God made my way successful. Send me and I'm going to go to my master. In other words, Eliezer had seen God speed in this. He had what we call kfitza sadara. It took him one day to do the whole trip. And meeting right away after he makes the sign, he sees Rebecca at the well, and everything goes fast, 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 fast. Obviously, God was in a rush because Rebecca was so pure, and he wanted to get her out of that filthy case as soon as possible. Meaning, God waited until she was three. She's three at the time, by the way. Obviously, not a three-year-old as we understand a three-year-old because she was also the shepherd, and she also gave to water all of these camels. So I, I can't imagine um, 
my six or eight year old managed mastering that task, even if they knew how to milk a, and they knew how to um, give water to an animal. So obviously, her three was not. We understand three, but she was at this point. She as soon as the second as she was ready, God wanted her out of there. So it was like, I don't want to delay. I don't want to keep in this evil place even one extra day. So they said, hmm, we want to keep her for a year or at least 10 months. You want to take her today? And they said, all right, let's, let's call the girl. Let's ask her. And Rashi says, from here we learn that a woman has to be asked, that a person gets married from their own consent, which is, of course, a very important rule, as we would all agree. Now, it's interesting because if you read yesterday's portion, they were so eager to get her married off to Isaac, and now they're so hesitating. But at first they accepted his story, and now they're sort of getting suspicious what's really going on. We see some things that seem a little strange to us. I don't know if we're so interested in this. But in the end of the day, it comes down to what does she want? I mean, she's not getting married. So they called Tariska and they said, do you want to go with this man or not? And she said, I'm going. And she said, I'm going. Rashi says, I'm going. Even if you don't want me to go, I'm going. So they sent Rivka, and they sent her nursemaid, and the servant of Abraham, a.k.a. Eliezer, and his men. And they blessed Rivka, and they said, our sister, you should be for tens of thousands, and your children should inherit the gates of their enemies. Now, what are they doing here? Well, they're giving her a blessing. But well, this sounds very much like the blessing that Abraham received from God after the binding of Isaac. It is. What was their point? They were saying, listen, we all know that Abraham got this amazing blessing. And we all know it's coming through Isaac. We're blessing you that it should be from your children. shouldn't be another wife involved. Isaac did not have another wife. He only had Rebecca. But Jacob had four. So... They're saying it shouldn't be another wife. The blessings of these children should come from you. And Rivka got up and her maid, and they rode on the donkeys, and they went after the man. And the servant took Rivka and Rebecca, and they went. They went. Next verse. Now, Yitzhak, Isaac is cut, came from the Er Lechairoi, and he's dwelling in the land in the south. So, where did he come from? So Rashi says he came from the Erl Chairoi, is this place that he went to get Hagar to bring her back to Abraham, that he should marry her. Now, putting this in a chronological time order, at this point, Sarah has passed away three years ago. In other words, in our portion, there's like a three-year jump that we don't like really exactly catch. I mean, the end of the previous portion is the binding of Isaac. And then that, that moment, so to speak, causes the passing of Sarah, as we discussed. And then suddenly we go to get Rebecca. Now, Rebecca's three when we get her. Right after the binding of Isaac, she was just born, as we read. So from just born to three means three years pass. Between the verses about the burial of Sarah and the, verses, and the next verses, which is about finding this wife, three years passed. What was Rebecca doing during those three years? She was growing up. She was becoming a three-year-old. What was Isaac doing, doing during those three years? He was in heaven, we're told. That after the binding of Isaac, it says Abraham went 
to Beersheba. Well, where was Isaac? Where'd he go? Because he went to heaven to stay for three years in the Garden of Eden, not to be in this world, not to have an evil eye after people would say, oh, wow, here's this person. He was almost killed. He was on the, on the altar. They took him down. Like, you don't want people talking about you. So for these three years until his marriage happened, he was learning Torah in heaven. So he just came down. And the first thing he does when he comes down, back from heaven, not that he passed away, he was in heaven studying, just to have a good, quiet place where Bouchon ran him. Very bad to talk about people. Now, what was the first thing he did? He wanted to help his father, and he felt his father should again reconnect with Hagar, who truly was a very holy woman, a very pious woman, and who at this point, his father was alone, he should have a wife. So he was in the land of the south, which is near this well that we're talking about here. And then it says that Isaac went out in the field toward evening, and he lifted his eyes, and behold, he sees the camels coming. Now, what did he, what did he go toward evening to the field for? Lasur means like to talk. Rashi says it means to pray. And here's where we actually see that Isaac instituted the prayer of the evening prayer, the prayer of Mincha. In other words, we have three daily prayers, morning, afternoon, evening. Morning was instituted by Abraham, afternoon by Isaac, in this verse right here, and evening by Jacob. And he sees, no, I'm sorry, let's just do the verse. And Rivka, so Isaac went out to pray, he prayed, and then he sees camels coming. And Rivka, Rebecca, lifts up her eyes, and she sees Isaac, and she slips off the camel. The Rashi says, look what happened. She sees Isaac, and she sees how majestic he is. And she was so, like, amazed in front of him. I don't know what she saw, if it was the physical appearance, if it was the spirituality. I assume it was both. And she was, like, she was sensitive enough to see it. Like, wow, when she slipped off, the camel. She went down to the ground. As we have a long Rashi quoting many verses to explain that's what the word means. And she said to the servant, remember, he, he's nameless, who is this man that's in the field coming toward us? And she, she has no clue. She doesn't know who it is. She just is like seeing this very holy, never said anyone really holy before. I mean, she's living in a very evil place of Haran with a very evil father with a very evil brother, surrounded by very evil people. She was this pure rose among a lot of thorns. Who, who is this person? And the servant says, this is my master. And what did she do? She took her scarf and she covered herself. As Rash explains the word, it, grammatically that it means she covered herself. It's reflexive, which I think is an amazing point that what was Rivka's response here, hey, this is her future intended husband that she agreed to marry sight unseen, and now she sees how amazing he is, and she covers herself. That was her response, modesty. And the servant tells Isaac everything that happened, what he done. The Rashi says all the miracles that happened, how he, how he got there so, so fast in a miraculous amount of time, Rivka, Rebecca came right after his prayer. So many miracles happened to make this marriage, make this match. And Isaac brought her to the tent of Sarah, his mother, 
He took Rebecca, she was his wife, and he loved her, and he was comforted after his mother. So Rashi says, to the tent of Sarah, his mother, really what it's saying is, to the tent, and she was like Sarah, his mother. Meaning, in what way was Rebecca like Sarah? That all the time that Sarah was living, there were three constant miracles showing her purity. The candle she lit on Friday for the Shabbos lasted a whole week long. There was a blessing in the dough of her challah, symbolizing the freshness that it stayed fresh. And there was a cloud that was always hanging over her tent, the cloud symbolizing purity. What this is really doing is, of course, each of these miracles connects to one of the three commandments specifically given to the woman, lighting the Shabbos candles, so her candles stay lit all week. Kosher food, which specifically is the commandment we connect this to, is the commandment of separating from the challah dough, which is how her challah dough was fresh all week long. And family purity, as we think of this cloud, as this, you know, pure waters, rainwaters, so the purity of the cloud. So this was a constant testimony to Sarah's purity. And when she passed away, these three miracles stopped. Even though, of course, Abraham still lit the Sabbath candles, and of course they still separated the challah, but the miracles stopped. Those were mirrors connected with the Jewish woman who was no longer there. When Rebecca came, all three miracles came back. So it was like the tent of Sarah, his mother, because all the miracles he grew up with, seeing by Sarah, came back with his wife. It says he was comforted after his mother, and Rashi says, this is the way of the world. What's the way of the world? We women should learn this or know this or accept this. As long as a man's mother is around, he's very connected to her. And when she passes away, he's comforted with his wife. 